Good morning, everyone. Woo! Yes, yes. Good morning, everyone. Good to be here with you for day three. For those who are at our marriage conference, obviously this is not our normal setup, but uh, we had a marriage conference this past Friday, Saturday, which was pretty amazing. I've got to say, with for our first one, yes, our first marriage conference, we had a great time. Had uh, some great special guests as well, and and uh, my wife and I just had a wonderful time uh, Friday night, just unveiling all of our junk. And so, should have been here. It was nice. I feel better anyway. Uh, so we had a good time. I, I wanted to share something with you that. Uh, it happened to me, and I, this is, sorry, I apologize, I haven't told you this yet, and if any husband that has a wife, and if you're a husband, you have a wife, you should have a wife, you know if you tell somebody else something before you told them, you're in trouble, so I'm going to tell everybody, and I'm going to repent and ask for forgiveness in advance before I that's, that, maybe that's just my, mar- my marriage, okay, so um, in our home. So anyway, our, this week, uh, on two separate occasions, or on separate occasions, my son, my daughter comes to me first, and she says in the morning, Daddy, I, I see things sometimes. I said, okay, like what? Like, I see like sh- shadows or like a ghost or something. I, I said, well, that's great. I, I told her, I said, ask the Lord, is that from him or not? And I said, if it, he says it's from him, then ask him what, you're try, what he's trying to show you. And if, it's not from, if he says it's not from him, then tell it to go in Jesus' name, and it will. And so that was great. That was a, a good pastoring moment for a, a father to a child, which is what we're supposed to do, parents, mothers and, daughters, mothers and fathers, pastoring their kids well. And then the, a separate occasion, without them knowing or being in the same room of each other, uh, Nathan was in, maybe a different day, came into the closet where I was getting ready, and he says, Daddy, sometimes I see things in color. And like, I see colors. And I said, okay, that's great. And he says, do you see colors? I said, well, not really. I have before, but not often. Some, some people see, in color, see colors, and God's trying to show them something. I said, so ask God when you see those colors, what is that associated? What is this color that is associating to what context? What are you trying to show me, God, about this color? What do I need to know? He goes, yeah, because right now, like, I see colors and I see this. And so he's explaining. I said, that's a good thing. Another day comes in this week. And this is all happening this week. Another day comes in, and he comes out of the bathroom, and he says, Daddy, sometimes when I'm peeing, I hear the, I hear the Lord. I hear God speak. <laughs> okay. He says, he said, I said, what did he say? He said, he said well, he said, he said, he said, I am with you in your heart, and I'll always protect you. I said, well, that's great. That's absolutely. Uh, that sounds like the Lord to me. And then, I think it was yesterday, we were driving home, or the night before. We were driving home, and he was looking out the window. He's in his car seat in the back, back seat of the truck. And I was talking with him, and then I said it again. And he says, Daddy, sometimes when I don't respond to you, I hear you. But I'm listening to God. I said, well, you just keep listening to God. <laughs> That's better. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be okay. Listen to God. He's five years old, by the way. Just turned five. And so I attribute this to what's going on in Thrive Kids back there and what's being taught. So that's, that's huge. You just need to know that what is bearing fruit, what is going on back there is really bearing some good fruit. And then Gwinnell, I love seeing Gwinnell up here. I don't know if y'all saw this. Like, this girl worships in the spirit every weekend. She's up here in her tutu. She's twisting and dancing. And I'm like, 
Man, the Lord bless that. So God gives different gifts to different people, and he strengthens people in certain areas. It's not like the other. That's great, because we're the body of Christ. And so I just wanted to share that with you. I'm supposed to be talking about the Connect card. And the seat back in front of you, if you've never filled one out, would you please fill that out? We really want to connect with you. If you have any kind of questions or comments or whatever it is, prayer requests, please fill that out. We have a, pra- a pastoral care team. We'll, we'll reach out to you and connect with you. And they're ultimately helping you get connected to an area that God has placed on your heart for you to be here. And as I said in the last service, God has brought you here for a purpose, and that is not to sit in a pew. It's actually to get plugged in, to get plugged in for your own spiritual growth, but also so that you can be a blessing to those around you. And what happens is God favors that, that effort and that commitment. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. We're in our series from pain to purpose. I don't know if any, anybody alive that doesn't have any pains. No, no, it doesn't exist, and, and that's okay because God uses those. doesn't cause those, but he uses those, and he shapes those, and he shapes us through those, and he gives us perspective, and he, he actually creates us to be quite unique, and the, the, the pains are little nuances that get us to where we're going. And so if we don't understand that, we'll, re, we'll, we'll resist, we'll reject, and we'll be bitter about all the pains rather than allowing God to shape us and heal us and provide for us and grace us through the pains. And so a part of that is us navigating life to get to our ultimate purpose in which he's, the, he's created and, and destined us for. So God, we're, we're talking about, we've talked about the, the pride test, we've talked about the pit test, we've talked about the purity test, we've talked about the palace test, we've talked about the prison test, and you're like, when do the tests end? They don't. You're always being tested because we need to be continually filtered out of us so that we can look more like him. Well, we're talking about the prophetic test today. This is number six. My wife was telling me that she met a girl last week or the last couple of weeks. And, and uh, last week, and uh, the lady said, well, I haven't been in church in a long time. I decided to come to Thrive, and I've been here, and I love this series. It's really speaking to me. She said, but I want to try other churches, and I just wanted to wait till this series was over. And she said, and then the guy got up and said, we're only in week five of ten. And she goes, well, I guess I'm going to be here for ten weeks. <laughs> so, well, great. As long as the Lord's doing the work in you, great. Well, we are in week six, and we're talking about the prophetic test And in the prophetic test, we have to understand that God has a prophetic word for every one of us. God has a word that he has spoken over you. There's words that he speaks to you. In fact, you come from a prophetic word. There's nothing that he didn't speak into existence that can continue to create and recreate and recreate and reproduce. And you have been spoken into existence on purpose. In fact, he actually spoke a purpose into existence, and then he turned around and spoke you into existence for that very purpose. And so you're here on purpose for a purpose, and it's all empowered by the voice and the power and the grace of God. And so we are tested by the very thing in which he spoke us into existence for. He's, te- he's testing us through it all. And so we're talking about that today. So God created us. And, he, and as we lean into him, he will lead us through the prophetic test by his word to shape us for his purpose, destiny that he has for us. There's a purpose for you. 
And we're all on the path of finding what that purpose is. And when it comes to destination and destiny, there's another compelling word, and that is desire. And through God's prophetic word, he declares his ultimately, ultimate desire for you. There's a, there's a life that he desires for you to live. There's a path that he desires for you to follow. There's a purpose that he desires for you to fulfill. He has, a, he has set a path, but if you walk away from that path, then you'll walk away from God's ultimate, ultimate desires for your life. You need to know that, when, that you will not arrive at your destiny when we walk away from God's desired path for our life. But Satan has a, has a desire. He has a destination for you. And Satan is trying to knock you off of the path, that God, the path of God, the desired path of God of your life, for your life. So we have to be very mindful that we're not just living. We're not just existing. We're actually being tested through life by a prophetic word, by his word, purified by his word. And Satan is trying to knock us off the perfect path of God to, to, to lead us to a separate distant destination. So God speaks, and he has always created by speaking. And maybe, maybe God has spoken to you in the past, and maybe he has said, hey, I want you to be a good father. I want you to be an excellent father. Great, then be, the, be an excellent father. Uh, my, 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 our jobs, I think, as fathers and mothers is not to say and live a life where we try to control our kids and, and, and keep them confined in, in a lifestyle. Rather, it's to exemplify the father, the, the, the triune God, so that we can lead them to him and get out of the way because we're just stewards of what belongs to him. And when we get that, we can pastor the grace that God has on their life. We can lead, we can father, we can mother the grace instead of trying to control them to be like someone or something we desire for them to be. Because it's not God's desire. So we just pastor graces. We, we love graces. We father graces that's on them. So you're going to go through a test whenever you get a word, a prophetic word, when God says something to you. Maybe it is be a great teacher, be an excellent teacher, be an entre entrepreneur, uh, bring the kingdom of God principles into business and bless people around you. Maybe he's saying to be a great employee, be an excellent employee. No matter where God places us, it's to bring kingdom principles into the environment in which he places us so the environment in which we're placed in will become a better, more fruitful, more life-giving environment. And that's, that has purpose all over it. And ultimately, the purpose is to minister to Jesus in an area in which he's delivered us to. Wherever we're at, no matter where we go. And so these tests are for our character so we can fulfill our ultimate purpose. And we struggle with that. We don't really like that. I'm fine. I can do what I want. I am who I am. It is what it is. Well, okay. And that's why you live the way you live. That's why it is the way it is. But when we realize, but God then we start to convert, transform, change things according to God. And so Psalms 105, 17, it says, it says this in the New, New King James Version. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons, 19, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Now, the Old Testament is Hebrew. The New Testament is primarily Greek. And this is Psalms, which is in the Old Testament. It is history, poetry, and it also has prophetic inside of it. The book of Psalms is amazing. In fact, the kind of the older you get, the more mature you get, you start to read, spend a lot more time in Psalms and Proverbs. But in our language, a, a word has many uses. Like I can read a book or I can book a hotel room, right? 
the word book. Uh, in, in our English language, such as book or such as word, there may be multiple translations of the Hebrew language. That's what we see in the case right here. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord. Now, that may seem weird. Like, why is he repeating himself? These are different words. For us, the transliteration comes to word, but by, if you break it back down to Hebrew, it has different meaning. And this word, his word, Joseph's word came to pass. Uh, the, sorry, it came to pass the word of the Lord tested him. So the first word is literally is dabar, which means a spoken word, a prophetic word. Until the spoken word came to pass, the imra, the imra, the literal word of the Lord tested him. It says it like this. Until the word of the Lord, the spoken prophetic word of the Lord that God gave Joseph through his dreams came to pass, the word, the written word, the Torah, challenged his character. Until the spoken word, the prophetic word that God has spoken you to fulfill will come to pass, his written word, the Holy Bible, will shape you and test you to prove you, not to fail you, to prepare you and to equip you and to move you forward so as long as you'll filter out you and look more like him in your character. That's really good news. Thank you, Lord. I need some filtration. <laughs> you know, one of those filters, those little cups that you can do for the little straw filter? A lot. Psalms 12, 6, this is the Imra, says the word of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace. I mean, they're pure. You've got to think about this. I want you to get this understanding of filter. They're pure words, meaning that, God, that God's word is pure. Like there's anything up against that is filthy. It just, it just has some, some dirt in it. It's pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, uh, purified seven times, meaning this is silver in its, its, in its most raw form, but then it's purified under fire seven times to bring out the most pure form of silver. This is God's example of us that he wants us to so align with his word and spend time in his word and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work through his word inside of us that we become purified, we become more like Christ, even though we are, we are imperfect, even though we have humanity inside of us, but we become more pure so that we can reflect the heart of God in the environment in which he has called us to. And so the, the a psalm says this, Psalm 1830 says this, As for God, His way is perfect. His way is perfect. The, the Imra, the word of the Lord is proven, meaning it is tested. It, it just works no matter what. It's going to bear fruit no matter what. It's going to cause whatever He desired to come to pass in His time. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust Him. And trust in Him is dictated, it is revealed by how much we have faith and we, we humble ourselves to his word. And then when we do, he comes back and he protects us from any harm, any danger, anything that otherwise might feel like it's killing us. This is really good news. And the more we are willing to allow his word to refine our character, the more we realize that God is fighting our battles in front of us anyway. And boy, we find how to, this art of learning how to rest in Him. And I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm talking about resting in Him, knowing that He is doing it anyway. All I have to do is humble up and surrender and yield and do the things that prophetically He's putting on my heart to do. And I just got to get me out of the way. 
Thank God the pressure is off of me. And thank God the pressure is off of you too. Psalms 119, 11, he says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Notice the, the shift here. Now he's starting to put the word in his heart and he's starting to filter. I just want to filter my thoughts that I may not sin in my thoughts. I'm going to filter my behaviors and my attitudes because, ooh, I want to choke slam somebody sometimes. But, oh, the Lord, you know, just turn the cheek. I'm going to filter some stuff out. But I got to put the word in my heart, and I put the word in my heart by spending time with God in his written word so that his word can read me and rewrite me and rewrite my attitudes and put some stuff inside of me that when I want to lean in, I lean back instead. When, when I want to power up, I humble up instead. When I want to jack slap, I just back up. <laughs> I do it in my mind, but, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't come out like, mm. Until the word, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Until the prophetic word came to pass for Joseph, the Torah, the written word, the Bible of the day, challenged, purified, and perfected to the best of human ability the character of God, of, of Joseph. Man, that is so relieving that I don't have to make things happen on my own. That I don't have to manifest something. I don't have to be ambitious about something. I don't have to manipulate anybody or any somethings. I don't have to control anything or any somethings. All I have to do is come before the Lord, allow him to shape my character because he wants his destination fulfilled in my life more than I want that destination. Thank the Lord. And some people think, well, if God said it, then isn't it the same as the literal word? Listen, a prophetic word doesn't have to be added to the Bible. The, the, the prophetic word has to just be proven by the Bible. Otherwise, it's you. As Psalms 105.19 says, until, this is in the NLT, the New Living Translation, a little easier read, but it, it kind of brings it into modern day understanding, until the time came to fulfill his, talking about Joseph's dreams, because he got a dream from the Lord, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And some of us are wondering, how come this hadn't happened? God told me, and God put it in my heart, and he gave me this intuition. And he said, I was spending time in the journaling. I know he said it. It's been prophesied over me. I've been to places in prayer, and, and people have declared it and confirmed it. But it's not happening. Let me just tell you why. It may be that God's using all that frustration to work some character out of you and his character in you. This is the synopsis of this whole message series we're in. God tests our faith with a prophetic word, and then he shapes our character. He tests our character. He proves our character. Let me remind you before you get self-defeated so that he can prepare us, prove us, and equip us so that we can embrace and fully walk out the fullness of the purpose in which he's designed us for. All we're trying to do is just figure out how to work this design out. Anybody else know how to work a Rubik's Cube? I cannot work a Rubik's Cube. That is terrible. <laughs> You are a Rubik's Cube to yourself. <laughs> and the Word of God is what puts it all together and brings it back to shape and puts the colors in the right place. So what's the difference between my Word from God and the Word? Number one, I find this out by, because I, I submit my Word to His Word. 
I submit my word to his word. And the difference between a prophetic word and a written word is one small thing. It's the human element. And you wouldn't believe how many people say, yeah, but I have a word. I, ha I have a word. Well, great. God has a filter for that word. You have a word. That's great. Okay, you feel like that is right. Well, it has to be filtered through something that is right, and that is his written word. And if it contrasts with the written word, then his word doesn't adjust, your word adjusts. Because sometimes we can get a little bit of ambition mixed in with the word that he has. We can actually omit some of the word, the details that he had because it doesn't feel right. I'm going to have to give up too much if I do that. So let me shape that because God, here's what you really meant, isn't it? Sounds familiar to some. But if your word doesn't honor and agree his word, then you need to adjust his word. Two, one thing happens when you come into contact with God. Something changes and it's not him. And one thing, when you bring your word that you heard from the Lord to his word, something changes as long as it's not right and it's not going to be his word. It's yours. And so we, we submit our word to his word. And 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Nobody knows everything. No one knows everything that God is doing. It's like, it's like putting pieces, of prophetic pieces of a puzzle together. It's like this. When you go home, you're going to watch the Super Bowl tonight. Somebody's going to bring pie. You're not going to show up and eat the whole pie, are you? There's going to be a piece for you and a piece for your spouse and a piece for your friend. And together, you're piecing, you're taking pieces of something that is whole. Well, in prophetic, we're bringing pieces to make something whole. And when God sees unity and community and he sees humility, he puts favor on that from pro with prophetic words being brought from others or submitted from others. And all of a sudden, he graces those involved and says, hey, if you're going to do this my way, let me show you clarity. Let me bring you clarity to this, this revelation. And then we get, so we get a part, and, and others get a part, and then we submit those parts. So his word comes with methods and approaches that reveal your character as you pursue your word. So he's going to give a word, and then he's going to have some challenges that are accompanying those words. He has some methods, some approaches. He's going to teach you how to better approach life and situations and relationships and circumstances because the way you used to do it was fine for back then, but it's not going to be okay for the future so that you can fulfill the ultimate purpose in which he's prophetically called you toward and towards and created you for. He gives you this, this time of, okay, that little stuff will work right now, but in the future, son, you're going to have to let that go. And that you keep bumping up against a brick wall, what feels like a brick wall, and it seems to be there's people involved, and you think they're the brick wall, when really reality is your unwillingness to yield and humble up and surrender is the brick wall. So you stand there beating your head up against the wall of you. I don't know what that bruise is on my head, but I woke up this morning. And at times you will hear prophetic words that seem to conflict until they're brought together and they actually make a whole. And that's beautiful. And words from God with dishonoring methods aren't God's intention. Because this is what happens to the ambitious and immature believer. Grab a word, runs, and with arrogance thinks there, needs to be, there doesn't need to be any humility, no honor, no submission, no yielding. 
I'm just going to do it because I feel like this is a word from the Lord. Well, that's not the Lord's way. And you can't find that in any of his, his, his scripture. And the word that's from God begins a journey to test the character of the individual who has received it. Uh-oh, I got a word. There's some character shaping about to take place so I can fulfill this word. In fact, the character shapes so that I don't have to fulfill this word. God fulfills this word along my path. And we get it that he's fighting it. He's doing it. I just need to yield to it. The Bible decides what a word from God is and how it should be lived out. And so I submit my word to his word. Number two, I test my word. I got to test it. Because, boy, I got some suspect things inside of me, no matter how religiously perfect you think you are. And by the way, the reason we have to submit these things is because we're not omniscient. And if you are omniscient, please take the floor. We would like to sit here and worship you and, <laughs> and hear from you. Uh, test my word. I test my word. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks. Well, there's a character shaping right there. Oh, can you, give, can you give thanks when you're in debt and you're struggling and your household feels like it's breaking loose? Can you give thanks? Well, there's a character molding. In everything, give thanks, but that's, I'm not done. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but do test all things and hold to what is good. Hold what is good. What part of this needs to filter through and, and really show itself to be proven, to be under fire, proven, and, and tested to be righteous? Test it. Test it all. It's okay. God doesn't mind. Test it. Put it to the test. See. There's some ways of putting it to the test. And, and here's what he does. He says, 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Oh, how many times do we say, don't be trying to judge what God told me. Well, Scripture says to do that. Well, you can't tell me what God said. Well, I can tell you what his word says, and I can tell you where you're acting. And right now it says the character in which you, you, you're work, walking out with the word that you think you have doesn't even align. So I'm not so sure about your word. Oh, dang. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. What does that mean? We let others judge the prophetic word. But I heard it. Yeah, well, it came through you. And you have some pains. And you have some life experiences. And you have some stuff that comes out when you're talking about other things. And it's like, mm, I'm not so sure. There's probably some hurt still there that's filtering what you're saying now. And the way the prophetic works is God uses us as vessels to communicate and fulfill his will. But there's also a human element that has a bent towards a, per a person's spiritual filter. We're all bent in a certain direction because of life, because of experiences, because of maybe generations. We're all bent in a certain direction. And we don't realize that sometimes we hear things that's supposed to be pure through a dirty filter. And the prophetic works like a water line with a filter on it. And when the water comes from a pure source, then it hits a dirty filter. Well, it has to be clean again before it can actually go to the place where it's intended to go. And the only way to clean it is one, one way, is through the Word of God. It has to pass that filter first. And then to get it clean is to bring it to other people who are also spiritually mature. They've been there. They've, they've, they've been tested with fire. And they, and, and they can hear. They understand God's ways, His testimonies. They know you. 
from you, help keep you from you happening again. And God sees that. This is part of his community and unity. This is part of his, we prophesy in part because we know in part and somebody else knows in part. That's why we need to have somebody else that can judge our part. Not to, not to critique it, not in a negative way, not to criticize, but it's like, man, yeah, you know what? I can, feel the, I can feel the presence of God on that. That aligns with Scripture. I can, that didn't compete with Scripture. Or it could be, man, I don't have really anything on that. I, I can't say that it is. I can't say that it's not. Would you, would you give me some time to pray about that? Boy, or that really, that really quick lightens up my spirit. Man, that sounds like God to me. We need people around us that we can submit our words to to say, hey, listen, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little ambitious. I have my own desires that I want to fulfill. Here's what I feel like the Lord is saying. But does this sound right? We need those checkpoints. Here's what God does. He sees a heart whose humility and is willing to do these things. And then he says, oh, I've got some other people around here who are they're in their journey. They're growing spiritually. They're maturing. And you, you submit that to them and say, hey, I have some thoughts about this. Do you, what do you say? God shows up because of a supernatural, a supernatural promise, the blessing on this principle. He shows up. He gives the ones that are spiritually mature revelation. He gives you, because he sees your humility, he gives you favor and grace. And all of a sudden, he brings clarity to the whole situation. Sometimes we get so focused on what we can logically understand because from birth we're trained to judge everything that we see and what we hear from a logical, earthly standpoint. We forget these are spiritual matters that have to have spiritual principles connected to them in order to be fulfilled. So dang, I got to get me out of me and my pride and my ego and my selfishness of I don't want to show you nothing. <sighs> So Deuteronomy says this, because we need to test the word. 13.1 says, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, great, he did some cool things, and the sign of the wonder, and the, or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, now let us go after other gods, which you have not, you, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you through them to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So if somebody rises up and they start talking something that's leading you towards some idols, or there's just close enough to veer you yet away from intimacy and truly following the one true God, which God will raise some things up. In fact, God will speak things into you, allow things to be spoken into you to see where your heart's going to be. And boy, when he can prove that out of you and he can burn that out of you, he can get that out of you, he's got a surrendered individual that he knows that there's nothing that he, can, he has to withhold from you. And when you do that, you have the favor of God to walk into any situation, in every circumstance, and in any relationship, in any financial situation, in anything that his vision has called you to fulfill. And he knows that's my son, that's my daughter. I've tested them, and they're not going to walk away from me towards idols. Amen. Amen, Pastor Nathan. That's, that's what I want to be. That's the desire of God for all of us because he wants so much for our, his children. He wants more for his children than his children understand that we're even capable of receiving. Yeah. 
And so we test the word we receive with the word of God, and we let spiritually mature believers judge the word for accuracy. Two things are necessary for this. We have to commit to getting into the word of God. I hide it in my heart. I allow the filter of your word to be within me so it can immediately reject anything that's, mm -mm, that ain't right. Or it can purify, it can come clean through me and to me so that it makes more sense for the revelation. One, we, we have to commit to getting into the word. Number two, we have to choose to humble ourselves to spiritually mature people in our lives. That's a whole other character test within itself. Because if I'm too proud, or if I struggle with so much rejection from others that I can't humble myself to others, well, I'll never be able to fulfill the, the full calling of God on my life because his call is all about others. And if I have to be the one leading in order to be a part of anything because I know what I want to say and I want it done, then I got bigger character flaws. Do you see? And so Matthew 10 says, when we receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, we shall receive a prophet's reward. It's, it's the same as a righteous man. It's the same as leadership. It's the same of someone who's spiritually mature. When I receive them, and I got a word, but I really want to subject this to you guys to say, what does it feel like the Lord is saying to you about this topic, this subject, this situation? When I go seek wise counsel, the favor of God falls, and he says, because you receive them as a spiritually mature person, you're going to get the re reward of a spiritually mature person, and I'm going to put my God stamp on it and bless it. Thank you, Jesus, that we can take the pressure off us just being human. So I submit my word to his word, I test my word, and number three, I have to embrace my word. Y'all better get ready. Grab your seat. I got to embrace my word. Now you've become responsible. Everything that happens thereafter has to be wrestled around that word. It's been tested, it's purified my heart, I, I'm, I'm under fire, I get it. I've got a character test, and, but yet everything that I'm going to make decisions for and from and, and moving into from here on out is based on the prophetic word that God has given me, tested, and shown to be proven for me. Oh, Lord. Here's the first thing you're going to think about. What am I going to have to give up? And we're so blinded by that thought that we don't even understand everything that we're going to gain. Right? Embrace my word. So no matter what's going on in life, I live by my word as a vision, and the word is my protection. The written word is my protection. Meaning, I'm going to make every decision, and anything that seems would have otherwise seemed illogical, I can't believe you're doing that, that seems crazy, that would never work out. Who told you to do that? Are you silly? Nobody else is doing that. Well, my truth now is become based on the vision that God has given me prophetically and been tested. And now that thing that is illogical, seems illogical, is the only logic I now have. This is how God infiltrates the, the, the earth with his kingdom and his ways by giving people who are yet surrendered to all things and not going to change for, for others or for idols or anything that is selfish and fleshly because their hearts are bent towards others and bent towards for, uh, to, for, for uh, bringing the kingdom of heaven and God's way into whatever situation he's called them and placed them. Now what seems illogical is absolutely spiritually logical. 
this is how this church started. This is how Allie and I started a, a business three years ago. It seemed illogical. Are really people going to show up? I mean, I'm, we are now at 100% occupancy most of the time. Yes, it isn't because we're good. It's because of the favor of God giving vision and saying, hey, I want you to go into something, your family to go into something. It costs something, though. We had to get out of our skin and get out of our way a little bit. Can I tell you everything that we do now is I need, I hold myself suspect because I have a human filter. And so I subject it first. I'm very wise. I subject it to my wife first. <laughs> Write that down. This is where you start writing. You didn't have to be at marriage conference. You, you just got everything. Subject it to my wife first. He repented before he told everybody else something he hasn't told his wife. <laughs> marriage is healed everywhere tears. There's, there's Kleenex at the end of every row. 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19 says this, this charge I commit to you. This is Paul writing to his little, his disciple, his underling, who he sent to Ephesus, the church of Ephesus. And, and when he, he's writing, the, the place which he wrote Ephesians, there's many spiritual battles going on. And he sent little old Timothy out there. Here you go, buddy. Good job. Go get him. You take care of all this spiritual warfare and this crazy stuff that's over here in Ephesus. And he writes to me, he says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. What does that mean? It means what has been spoken over you, what has been spoken to you prophetically, that is the very truth in which you embrace and you live out and you, fo you focus on and you confront every situation that is crazy, that is spiritually uh, challenging, the life that you have you've been placed into that seems like, oh, how is this going to work out? This woe is me. It's never going to happen. You wage war spiritually based on the prophetic word that has been declared to you and over you becomes the only truth in which I can see. Having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith of, uh, have shipwrecked, or su suffered shipwrecked. We know that Romans 10 says that by, that by faith, you hearing comes by faith, but a good conscience comes by doing the word. Like my faith can be edified and built up because I'm hearing the Lord but my conscience can still be dirty because I'm not doing the word. We can't walk in or fulfill the prop prophecies over our life if we aren't going to do the word of God, the written word of God. So you have, to, you have faith by hearing, but we have a good conscience. And there's many people who are, man, they have the fire insurance. They're going to go to heaven with an unclear conscience. But God's desire is, that you have a clear conscience simply by doing the word and allow him to clean the filter of you so that he can thrust you forward with acceleration into the prophecy, the prophesied purpose that he's designed you for. And can I tell you, when we allow God to shape our character according to his written word, because he has already declared a prophetic word, there is a season of acceleration that starts to come, starts to grab a hold of you and take you into new seasons, and it starts to move so fast, you don't even have time to think about, oh my gosh, what am I going to have to give up? 
You don't have to have, you don't have time for fear. You're just being thrust into the situation through the seasons because of your humility. And God is just blessing everything. He's just blessing, 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 blessing. He's challenging, challenging, challenging. You're like, you're, you're so focused on him and so focused on the reality in which we are waging war according to the prophecy that now you're just focused on getting it done and fulfilling it and you're, you're enjoying the ride along the way. This is what it looks like following God and, and embracing his word and embracing what he's doing. <laughs> but God has a destiny. Remember. And Satan has his own destination where he wants you to end up. And I want you to hear this. Satan's destination where he wants us to end up is good enough. That's good enough. I'm in church. It's good enough. I read my Bible. It's good enough. I show up to worship at least once a week, month, once a month. It's good enough. I, I tithe my 5%. It's good enough. 5% tithe? I pray. Good enough. That's Satan's destination. Good enough. It's good enough. Good enough gets the dead guy duties in Nacho Libre. He lived a good life. He had a lush garden. Little Russian dolls. Anybody seen that? Come on. Nobody wants dead guy duties. And the thing that you're settling for is just good enough because it's not the fullness of what God has prophesied over you in purpose and his, de his desired will of destination. And because I might have to give up something, good enough is good enough. Now, this pay rate is great. I, I, I'm right at the place where I don't have to do too much work and I get paid a decent amount. I pay all my bills. And yeah, we're month to month. But it's good enough. No, I mean, no, this, my family's good enough. I don't want to mess anything up. You know, I'd have, to start, I'd have to start calendaring things, and we'd have to make appointments, and we would have to have really hard conversations at our marriage. And, like, listen, she just does her own thing, and I do my own thing. Good enough. My kids, you know, they tell, they kind of, because of their lives, they just lead everything that we do, and I, I don't know how to lead my kids, and I don't want to have to fight that battle. Good enough. Well, she goes to church. I'm just going to stay here at home. I'll go occasionally. Good enough. Philippians 3, Paul, 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 the writer of most of the New Testament, by way of the Holy Spirit, says, not that I have already attained. Like, man, I hadn't even, I ain't done half the things that God's created me for. Or I'm already perfected. I'm still jacked up. I'm Paul, but I'm still, I'm jacked up. Like, I still got some stuff. I'm not perfected. But anyway, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He gets the fact that Jesus went to the cross, not for Jesus, but for the sake of laying hold of Paul so that Paul could fulfill the very thing which Jesus Christ laid a hold of, went to the cross so he could lay a hold of. Like Jesus goes to the cross and he grabs a hold of the cross to lay a hold of not only you, but allow access for you to lay a hold of the whole destiny, the purpose in which you were even created for. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation on what I'm about to say. This is all about revelation. We might as well be saying, 
that Jesus, it wasn't worth you going to the cross because I really don't want to lay a hold of the things that you went to the cross for because my life is good enough. If you need the couch to take a nap and go fall asleep because you're good enough is Satan's destination. We should be pressing on because we haven't attained, we're not perfect. I want to lay a hold, I want to lay hold of everything that God has prophetically called me to do because he has created me to do that very thing. Otherwise, I'm wasting skin. Yes, thank you. The three of you got it. Three people today. Yes. Good time to pray, isn't it? Again, no shame, no condemnation, no guilt, no anything. This is a Holy Spirit. What are you saying to me? And I ask you right now to ask that very question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because I think God has put many people exactly where you are, but we kind of got thwarted a little bit, and we use the place where we are for us rather than for his kingdom. And so, Lord, what is it, what is it that you've purposed me for? Would you revive the words that have been prophetically declared over me? Would you remind me of the things that you've spoken to me in the innermost places. And Lord, would you identify any fears that I have of embracing that word? And can I tell you, if he's showing you things that you may have subtle fears over, those are the very things he wants to take away from you. In humility, when we say, would you help me? Lord, would you help me? He shows up. And Lord, if there's area, character areas that have been getting in my own way, Lord, I, please forgive me. Please help me in that area. I repent. And Lord, most likely, I'm going to do it again, but please forgive me in advance. I, re, I have a repentant heart over those things in advance. So Lord, help me. I'm your willing vessel. Please bring clarity. Please reveal the people to me that you would like for me to yield this word to. And Lord, help me with humility to subject myself to whatever process it takes to get there. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, let's worship God. He is trying to pass us. He is trying to prove us. He is preparing us for great things. Come on.